the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In my uh, daily reading, and uh, in yours as well, I bet, I, you've come across this idea of, um, of uh, gender theory. And it's all over the place. It's not just, you know, in the big cities. It's all over America. I was looking at uh, something uh, just the other day, and this is from Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, the headline reads, High School Homecoming Goes Gender Neutral. And, and it tells a story about no kings or queens at West High School's homecoming celebration last weekend as students at Iowa City School decided this year to do away with the gender-specific titles. Uh, and then uh, just uh, last week, the governor of uh, the state of New York has ordered that on people's driver's license, you can now be, be chosen uh, as your sex, male, female, or other, which uh, apparently a handful of other states have also decided this is you know, the, the right and proper thing to do. So what exactly is gender theory? Glenn Stanton is with us. Glenn is the director of Global Family Formation Studies at Focus on the Family, the author of many books, including The Ring Makes All the Difference in Loving My LGBT Neighbor, Being Friends in Grace and Truth. And he wrote a piece called Four Reasons Gender Theory is Ridiculous. And Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, John. How are you doing? I can't complain. I'm pretty good as well. So, Glenn, as okay. you wrote this piece, and I'm looking at looking at it online, you know, apparently there's been uh, reactions to your piece as well. One which says um, the headline: "A conservative writer attacked gender theory. He only exposed his ignorance." <laughs> so there you go. Um, so you know, for people who are uninitiated or just don't know what gender theory is, can you sort of paint that picture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, increasingly it's been, it's, it's being taught on, you know, nearly every campus in the world. And unfortunately, in many ways, many Christian campuses. But basically what it does is it tries to tilt our understanding of male and female on its head. It's this idea of, you know, uh, all kinds of, of sexual relationships are just as good as one another and that there's not just male and female, but there are lots of different genders and, you know, transgender people are, are natural and normal and, and, you know, we need to embrace all these things. And in fact, we're quite backwards if we don't embrace them. Right. And, and that's really truly is a narrative, right? And, 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 you know, even my son, my son attends a college where, you know, he is involved in gender studies. This is a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very much a thing. And it's I mean, I wanted to write on it because it is I mean, you know, we think of the religion departments at our campuses being anti-science. These they're not. I mean, the the gender studies and and the women's studies, it's, you know, very much the the same things. They are absolutely anti-science and contrary to science. 
it's not just, you know, contrary to what God says, but it's contrary to reality. And so that's what I talked about in the article, was giving illustrations of just how wacky it is. Yeah. Okay. So this is great because you tell the story about you attending this lecture where a professor stands up and and then quickly sort of indicts himself in the ridiculousness of this whole whole idea of gender identity. Yeah, this is a conference that I went up to in Denver a, a few years ago, and I go to these things because I just want to observe. Yeah. And the sponsoring professor, he stands up and he says, I'm, I'm Professor Franklin, and you can't know whether I'm a male or female unless you really get to know me and understand my story. And everybody in the audience just kind of shook their head like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he went into his talk where he was talking about sexism in advertising, and it was really a great talk. But he's saying, you know, see this woman here and how she's being treated by the men in this picture and see the men. They're seen as sexual consumers and, you know, on and on and on. He went to about 10 ads. And so at the end of it, I listened to his introduction and then I listened to his talk and I raised my hand and I said, now you said we can't know what you are by just looking at you, but your whole talk was predicated on the assumption that you knew who the women were and who the men were. (laughs) And when I asked that question, he looked like, oh, my goodness, I've never thought about that. And, you know, I mean, that's the kind of silliness you see here. And nobody in the room raised that question because they have sort of gotten away from just plain old reality into this make-believe world that, no, there's not just male and female. There's any kind of gender that we want to make up. Wow. So so the guy standing there saying, you wouldn't know what sex I was unless you got to know me deeper, as that, that means anything at all. I mean, clearly, you can see a man's a man, a woman's a woman. However, there are now these tiny little thin shades of gray that we're supposed to dissect. <laughs> Well, and John, when he asked that question, I wanted to just raise my hand and go, you know what, could I just take a guess? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. But it's it's that silliness. And, you know, in this article, I, I bring up a number of examples of just the wackiness. Like, you know, there's an example of, well, you know, they'll say, well, there's more than two genders. There's not just male and female. That's a binary idea. and Binary is bad. There's a rainbow of different genders. And there are shirts online that you can buy them, T-shirts, and they say, you know, there are more than two genders. But when you go to purchase them, you give your size, and then they give you two genders to choose from, male or female. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're supposed to... So it just follows right crazy in. Stuff. Yeah, you can't you can't make this stuff up, um, and you just see it time and time again. Now, now your critic, I, I talked about early on. Uh, she talks about your you know your examples here, and she says that you know well of course it has to be male or female because those are recognized body types, and so how else would you buy a t shirt? So I mean, it doesn't make any sense anyway. Well, exactly. I mean, and that's where they get in trouble. Is okay. If 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 any of the other 60 or 20 genders are just normal and regular, well, everybody would be selling those kinds of shirts. Yeah. But, you know, what she's recognizing without even really admitting it is, oh, yeah, there really is only male and female. Um, there are just, you know, different different kinds of genders as if sex and gender are different things. And that's another thing that they say is, no, sex is what's between your legs. Gender is what's between your ears, how you understand yourself. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Ed, because today in uh, today's New York Times, there's a headline that reads, Beyond the Narrow Expectations of Gender. 
And it starts off with this question, what are you? And the woman answers as a, quote, butch light lesbian. I get this question a lot, reading to the straight world as not quite man, but not definitely woman enough. And then she goes on and she says this, um, uh, each portrait, and so the Times goes through all these different people. You know, they look at different women and men, although they don't call them women and men. Each portrait yeah. in this article has a personal reflection about identity, proof that non-binary is about more than external markers. It is about internal feelings. These first-person accounts in this article exist beyond the frame with and against the portraits they illuminate and complicate. So huh. how are you to make sense of all that? I mean, it's so – it's such a, uh, what, kaleidoscope or a wheel of tiny little infractions of who I think I am and how I present myself to the world. And you, as the outside observer, must recognize me so, so I can feel positioned and secure in my place in society. I mean, how is there – I mean, clearly, it's a big world, and there's room for everybody here, and we are all God's creation. And so if you want to identify as that, then you go ahead and do that. But right. we now, as citizens, are required to make room for that, and and laws and specific licenses or whatever, male, female, other, we must all bend and acknowledge that as well, and in many ways, genuflect to this new reality. Oh, that's exactly. I mean, genuflect, and I mean, it's not even that. It's it's bow down onto the ground, prostrate, and and you know, they you can't say anything about it. Like you know what? Like you said, knock yourself out, be whatever you want to be. But you know what? I'm not going to play along. Um, this kind of live and let live. No, it is. You have to see the world as I see it. And, and you you brought up the great great point in that New York Times piece. Every one of those portraits, and I haven't seen any of them, but what I guarantee you'll see is some variation on male or female. Right. You know, like, okay, this is a woman, and she looks a little bit more butch. Okay, well, you know what? That doesn't blow my mind. It doesn't blow your mind no. or any minds of any of it's. It's a woman who looks a little bit more masculine. That's not a new kind of gender. I mean, it's the same difference between... Like, you know, you think way, way, way back when on Gilligan's Island, uh, Ginger and Marianne. <laughs> Those are two different ways of being a woman. Well, this butch woman, that's a different way of being a woman. Right. You know, no, she's not bending the genders. They're just some variation on just male or female. And that's another thing I see in the article is never have you seen anybody out in society when you're out walking along who is not one variation of male or female like okay i have no idea what that gender is here's the point if these things are natural we would have long had names for all these different genders yes. but the fact that we have to be told about them today you know it is the evidence itself that they're not natural and that's what our kids are learning in gender theory classes and it is 
all made up. I mean, I like to joke that parents should file a class action suit against the universities for miseducation in these in these kinds of courses because they're ridiculous. But Glenn, you know, j- just by the fact that we're having this conversation right now, then you and I are in the dustbin of history. We are hate-filled bigots. We are out of the mainstream, essentially. And I, and I believe, you know, 20 years from now, of course, we'll be the antiques or even less than 20 years. We are way, way outside of the social norms of this country. Well, and that's it. I mean, we're we're the flat earthers, you know, the the people who are unenlightened. But I tell you what, I don't think this is going to last very long because essentially we did this in the 60s and 70s where we said, well, let's, you know, let's not raise children in gender specific ways. Let's let's buy them, you know, non-sexed toys or let's get our little boys a kitchen set and our little girls, you know, cowboy outfits and um, you know, they won't grow up in these stereotypes. Well, you know what they did? The little boys took the kitchen set broom and they used it for a sword or a gun. And the little girls, you know, took their little horses, their little cowboy horses, and they put them to bed for their naps. You know, and these parents were just amazed at like, oh, wow, I didn't teach my child this. And wow, maybe this is natural. And so these these crazy ideas cannot sustain themselves in the day in and day out of human life because they're contrary, um, not only contrary, they're absolutely opposed to what reality is, that humanity does exist in male and female. I hope that's true. We were in the airport on Saturday in Atlanta, and it's interesting, you know, it, it is Atlanta, and of course it's the, it's the south, but as we're yeah. walking down the corridor to our gate, there are the restrooms, and the signs, you know, it, there's like an, an image of a man, and an image of a woman, and then behind it, they're backlit with the man, it's a blue light, with the woman, it's a pink light. My wife was like, oh my goodness gracious, how dare they do that? And, you know, <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I bet your wife felt a sense of violence against her. You know, I mean, that's well, the funny thing is, is I actually study those kinds of things and I'll take pictures. And one picture I took was at a university up in Denver and it was a, a multi-gender bathroom. It was marked that way. Well, guess what? It was a single little bathroom like you'd see in a hospital. You go in, you close the door, you and you use the toilet, and only one person can go in there. You know what it was? Hmm. It was a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and the way it works is if the, if the door's locked and there's somebody in there, you wait your turn. You know, and for it to be multi-gender is just so stupid and silly because, like, no, it's a bathroom. Just put the symbol of a toilet on there. Everything else will work itself out. I'm into that. But I, I think probably the big fear is, you know, and, and the whole debate over LGBTQ uh, and, and gay marriage and all that, it's not so much, um, well, you know, biblically, if, you know, uh, man and women, uh, we've had this conversation a million times. Look, it, I mean, gay marriage is a thing and it, and it is legislated and it is secure and all that. But what I really disagree with in, in this conversation as well is the, the deep, hard social activism of the moment yeah. that if you do disagree, then there's something inherently morally wrong with you and you yourself should be banished from the conversation. Yes, yes. And that is so important. And it's so important for your listeners to be able to challenge others that say, you will play along with this. And if you don't, then, you know, then, then we're going to ruin your life. Ask them, say, is there any room for me to disagree with homosexuality 
or transgenderism and not be a bigot. Because what you're doing is you're laying out to them, basically, you either agree with me or we're going to slime you as a bigot. And when you put it in those terms, is there any possibility of me disagreeing with you and not being a bigot? Um, can you explain to me what that would look like? It really takes them kind of by surprise to say, no, we really are requiring that you believe exactly like I do. There's no other issue out there in society where we do that. In order for you to be a decent person, you must completely agree with me and what I believe. I mean, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's the opposite of democracy. That is spot on, Glenn. Glenn Stanton with us. He's written an article, Four Reasons Gender Theory is Ridiculous. Hey, Glenn, before you leave us, talk to us about uh, global family formation studies and focus on the family. And people want to move forward and learn more. What can they do? Yeah, real easy. I mean, what, what we do here is, is in, in my department, I'm studying the family as an institution, why it matters, um, why its strength and health is beneficial for everybody in society, and why we all suffer when it declines. And you can find a lot of our research just at focusonthefamily.org, or you can go and just Google focus and findings and um, just those two words. And our research website will come up, and you can see all kinds of information Outstanding. There. Well, Glenn, thanks an awful lot. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, really, God blessings to you and your work, because it's really vital, it's important that the conversation continues. Uh, likewise. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.